0: You're listening to New England Public Media News. I'm Mike Lyle, and this is the shortlist, NEPM's Week in Review. Joining us today on the line, Elizabeth Roman, reporter and editor with the Springfield Republican and El Pueblo Latino, and Larry Parnas, investigations editor with the Berkshire Eagle. Liz and Larry, thanks for being with us today. Thank you. Hey,
1: Mike. Good to be with you.
0: Stunning news this week of a series of murders in the Atlanta area, where a white man killed eight people, including six Asian women. The man charged has reportedly confessed to the killings, but said he was not motivated by racism. This has sparked renewed discussion around updating and clarifying hate crime laws here in Massachusetts. Larry, a bill from Attorney General Maura Healey and others was announced last month, but now is getting attention. Why does it always take the tragedies to put a spotlight on these issues?
1: Well, yeah. Can you tell me the answer to that, Mike? (laughs) It is it is so true. And it's interesting that um, and to her credit that Healy's office recognized that this existing state statute on hate crime uh, prosecutions had some weakness to them. And there's inherently weakness because it is it is hard to know what's in the mind of a perpetrator. Uh, in these kinds of cases. But again, to, to Healy's office's credit uh, and to the sponsors of this uh, new legislation that, they're, that they've started working on this, it's not just a knee-jerk reaction, uh, but still, why, why in 2021 is this bill being filed to fix a problem that's been long-standing?
0: Liz, also this week, the Anti-Defamation League of New England released a report showing huge increases in recent years in white supremacist propaganda throughout the region. Does this surprise you?
2: No, not at all. I mean, I think if anyone who's a person of of color, honestly, is not surprised by uh, microaggressions as well as clearly, you know, very visible and and deadly aggressions against uh, not only the Asian community, but the black community, the Latino community in this country. So, no, it doesn't surprise me. I think it might surprise people who want to pretend that that color, that race is not an issue. But if you live in skin that isn't white, then you know that it is.
0: Massachusetts this week set out the rest of its vaccination timeline. It says all residents 16 years and older will be eligible for the vaccine beginning April 19th. That's a couple of weeks behind Connecticut, although both states caution it'll take a while for everyone to get the shots. Here's Connecticut Governor Ned Lamont. There's always
1: a big rush when you open up to a new age group. I'd urge you to uh, be a little patient, especially if you're, um, if you're healthy, you're not a restaurant worker, you, don't, you can telecommute, you don't have to be there. Let those who are forward-facing, maybe a little more at risk, let
0: them get to the front of the line. The states are able to do this, they say, because a big increase in the number of vaccines is on its way. Liz, there's been a lot of complaining about the vaccine rollout in Massachusetts. But do things seem to be getting back on track?
2: I think that there are more opportunities for vaccinations in smaller neighborhood locations, which is starting to make a difference. Uh, When we just had the one state site at the Eastfield Mall, it was not very easily accessible for people. There were a lot of problems with going online and registering for it. Uh, So yes, I do think that it makes a difference to work with local, small organizations, nonprofits, and be able, or small health clinics, and be able to get people in that way. I do think people need to understand that being eligible and being able to access the vaccine are two completely different things. So April 19th will roll around. Everybody in Massachusetts over the age of 16 will be eligible. That doesn't mean that you're gonna get a vaccine anytime soon. I think people should anticipate waiting uh, several months before they can they can access it still.
1: And at that point in several months, people are gonna look back on this. I think there's gonna be a deep, deep reservoir of, of uh, remaining frustration and some wish to hold some government people accountable for this. We get so much email from our readers about the struggles they've had to get appointments, even in eligible groups. And of course, um, Mike and Liz, now that this is really opening up to everyone, general population by April 19, there's this panic that people who have already been eligible still aren't able to get in. And we just ran a story today in the Eagle pointing out that this new pre-registration system was meant to ease frustration over being bounced out of the registration portal. It doesn't um, allow. It doesn't interact with the existing system for for registrations on maimmunizations.org. So, people who are been who are trying to use the pre-registration system can only go to the mass sites, and there aren't any in Berkshire County. So. People are just livid and
0: hot. Well, as we tape this, an investigator is testifying on Beacon Hill about what led to the deaths of more than 70 veterans of the Holyoke soldiers home during an outbreak there last spring. Meanwhile, a separate committee is considering a fast track bill to help pay for a new 400 million dollar veterans home in Holyoke. There's been disagreement about how big to build the facility, but John Parody, a former deputy administrator at the home, says this bill is needed.
1: The ultimate way to bring closure to what has occurred is to have a new reimagined soldiers home in Holyoke that will improve the quality of care for veterans both today and for all future generations.
0: The bill has to pass soon because of an approaching federal deadline for matching funds. Liz, should there be any debate here?
2: Honestly, I mean, I think for full t- transparency, I am biased because I live in Western Massachusetts. I live in Springfield, neighboring Holyoke. And a lot of times, you know, facilities in Western Mass are just ignored, state facilities. It was horrifically tragic what happened there. And I think that all of the four ca- counties in Western Mass deserve to have a, a space that's safe, that's clean, that's large enough to house um, to house these veterans. And it can't always be facilities in Boston that, that are, are focused on. So, yeah, I, I don't think there should be debate. I think it should move forward.
1: We should be sure that we're building a, the right kind of facility, though, and there are questions about whether the the size of the proposed new, you know, replacement is adequate to deal with the needs of veterans, and I think that's part of the picture here. Uh, you know, we're kind of in a free spending mode here, you know, a billion here, a billion there, 400 million, I mean, there is going to be some time in the future where these dollars all have to really have made sense, and you know, maybe the kind of it's a ripe moment for this to go through because of what happened, the horror of all the many, many de- COVID deaths at the
0: at the soldiers home. But it doesn't mean it gets a free pass in my mind. Elizabeth Roman with the Springfield Republican and El Pueblo Latino and Larry Parnas with the Berkshire Eagle. Guys, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. You're welcome, Mike. And thank you for listening to The short list. NEPM's Week in Review. You can catch us anytime wherever you get your podcast, or at nepm.org podcasthub podcast hub. I'm Mike Lyle and this is New England Public Media.